0: Hey, welcome. How's it going? So, I attempted a YouTube video, and this shit is way harder than I expected it to be. Neat, fun, kind of same to this, but different, because obviously it's a video format. And so, when I did my basketball video, I used a slideshow, and I just... I talked about the NBA draft from 1979, and I'm slowly going to work my way through every draft class in the era that I watched. I started at 79 just because, and I still believe to this day, that 1979 is when the league turned around and became more of a mainstream thing. At least from videos I watched and from stuff I've listened to, the league was different before... Kind of the L.A. Laker, Boston Celtic, Showtime, Larry Bird rivalry started. Sure, they had Dr. J and kind of the class before Magic Bird, Jordan, Barkley, Ewing, Elijah all those big name guys that rolled in in the 80s. But the league, I think it was considered number three or four as maybe an American pastime, American what they would watch for sports as I guess baseball is called the American pastime. So I'm assuming between that and the NFL, those were the one, two punch hockey. No one in the States gave a fuck and maybe they don't now still. (laughs) I don't know. Even though they're pushing for more and more American teams. Fuck. California has what? Three teams. Florida has two. Yeah, it's nuts. But back when the eighties started, NBA, I would venture to say, was a solid number three, by a long shot, compared to those other two, Major League Baseball and the NFL. And so, my turning point for that league is, like I said, Larry coming in, Magic coming in. So, that's where I started my video series. In retrospect, I made a slideshow, and I pretty much put the picks that I wanted to talk about, and then page by page, flipped through them, talked about them. But now when I look back at it, there's a few things I might change or that I will change for sure. Um, Dead space is way bigger because I'm not humming and hawing and stuff like that like I do on here, even though on here I'm trying to remove a lot of my ums, likes and other dead space modifiers and just trying to stay more articulate with my speech like I've mentioned multiple times but with a YouTube video you want to make it even more straight to the point no dead air like not even for a few seconds and just staying on what you're doing so I think the first thing I'm going to do going forward and thank you if you're one of the like two people <laughs> that watched my video it's Just me learning. So, and I already have five, well, four or five things I want to change just based on making it, how I made it, how I threw it together and I didn't edit it. I just recorded it in one take. I restarted twice because the cat was yelling at me (laughs) and I think I fumbled over some words at the very beginning. So going forward, my thoughts and my advice if you're going to do YouTube is write a script kinda had one together going forward, it's going to be so scripted and right down to me reading a full script, so there's no humming, no hawing, no tripping over words, no um no messing around. Just being more professional about it and putting together a better product, I guess, or something worth watching. Or if someone watches one of them, they'll come back. So a script, know what I'm gonna say and make sure that I stick to that script and write something decent not just bullet points cuz I think I was re- when I was just reading the stats it was very dry and boring so at least with this stuff with these earlier draft classes I'm not going to have a lot to say like above and beyond like in the 1979 draft class over the people that I talked about I only had maybe a valued opinion on Magic Johnson And I could have said more about Bill Ambeer because he was on the Bad Boy Pistons. Other than that, there wasn't a lot of... Oh, and Bill Cartwright, because he was the main man on the first of the Bulls. But other than that, there was no names in there that I really, really remember. Even someone that's a Hall of Famer, like Sidney Moncrief, he wasn't on TV a lot by the time I had access to NBA. The majority of my main memories is when the NBC got the rights to the NBA and that was 91 to 2002. So that's my sweet spot, but I still have knowledge of the guys who were drafted in the 80s and then became big name guys going forward into the 90s and probably ending their careers in the 2000-ish zone. So the first video was kind of bad in the notion that I didn't have a lot to say from any emotional standpoint or any what's the word I'm looking for just me speaking on me watching a lot of these people I recognize some names like I said Sidney Moncrief know who he is Hall of Famer I don't think I can remember one time watching him because he was a Milwaukee Buck and they weren't going on TV and I would argue to say that my access to the NBA was little to none in the 80s in Canada We had hockey night in Canada. That's what everyone looked forward to. The other sports, you probably had to go out of your way to find. And I would have rather been out on the playground playing than watching games. That's just the way it works. So A, script. B, filler background music. Mandatory. I have to work on that. Next, I have to work on some kind of editing program. And then maybe finding a way to work some video in so it's not just pictures. Or even if the pictures are because I watch some other channels how they do their retro opinion sports stuff. And even the pictures zooming a little or there's some movement. It's not a static photo. So I'm gonna have to learn some editing or I don't know, even know, because I just use the windows PowerPoint as my thing worked fine for me to fiddle and throw the first thing out there but I'm gonna have to learn how to add some movement or something so people just aren't staring at a dead screen what I did like was that I went through I did a lot of research and that was fun and so I grabbed a lot of like how many seasons a guy played and their overall career statistics but like I said if I didn't know who they were I didn't speak very passionately about their career and what they contributed to the overall NBA. Even if they were around for 10, 15 years, I may not have watched more than two games with them in it. So we're going to work on that and just get those things kind of fine-tuned. And then if I stumble or something, I want to be able to edit it out. Even on this podcast, I know I've had situations in the past where... I've had, say I've had someone on that's operating under a NDA um, agreement, like Joel, when he was on, he had done artwork for Star Wars. And then after the fact, he had mentioned that he had done some promo cards for one of the Star Wars card games, and one of the cards hadn't come out yet. So I had to go in, edit out him talking about that. So I have to learn what I'm doing for this project on a video scale now, edit and put things in and out and Go from there. This one's a little more free-flowing because it's just me talking. And until the point where I can start having people over again, God, someday, ever, (laughs) we'll we'll figure it out. So video, way harder because I'm going to have to become the writer, the editor, just everything. um, And make sure that it's a more polished product while also not stepping over into any copyright issues like especially with music Uh, I'm pretty sure the only thing you're really allowed that won't get you dinged is I'm gonna have to go find some what they call lo-fi music just to kind of quietly be in the background but then at least there's something beyond my voice especially now when I've looked at some of these other channels I wanted to see if they did have music or just the music in the intro or what they did and there was some lo-fi background music that's just even if it's just a beat or some chill elevator tunes, well, not Kenny G elevator. You know what I mean. Something filler, so that there's always something going on. At least when I pause and just, what's music gonna hurt? So, yeah, that's that was my YouTube venture. So, it's funny, even after just attempting and trying and doing one video and one take and trying to get it perfect. And it went over the 10-minute mark. I want to keep things around 10 minutes-ish. So whether that'll require filling or editing down in the future, I can't remember where I heard it, but 10 minutes, God, I know we're putting the cart in front of the horse, but once you get the viewers and the subs and you get monetized, I think 10 minutes you have to pass before you they'll start throwing ads and stuff in there. So there is a line, and I kind of know the rules. So that's neat, and we'll go from there. What else is, oh shit, that's me babbling about YouTube for 10 minutes. (laughs) What else is going on? Um, I find that I'm running every day now, which is strange. Considering in my youth, even when I would play a lot of sports, I always seemed to make fun of the runners. But it's funny now, I think, 46 years later. I finally get it. And there is something with the feeling you get from just going and plowing along. Some days... I do it with a headset in and just tunes blaring. Other days, I just want pure silence and the nothing but the sound of my breath and just so that I can kind of go over my day or my life and just let my brain process what's going on without the distraction of me always being in front of a screen. And so I don't know if it's... I don't know which part plays more into why I'm enjoying it. I'm sure my body's enjoying the exercise. I've managed to keep my weight status quo since I lost a whole bunch I kind of gained a bit back through Christmas treats (laughs) but I find that I'm hovering where I want to be and even if I can come out in spring at this weight and then kick off that last five six pounds that I wanted to do to get to a specific weight it's way better than last winter I stopped running in November ish because it got colder last year faster that or else I've toughened up but who knows but I really enjoy the running. A, for the mental health of it, just to mull things over. B, to get the blood running. I'm sure it's producing the positive vibes and the positive um, chemicals for the brain as opposed to getting them through other nefarious ways of whether it's watching videos, playing video games, or just whatever people do now to make themselves feel better. Yeah, like I dump social media, the majority of it, except for some podcast stuff occasionally I'll pop onto Twitter and kind of flip through stuff but that's the one that gets my most time and even there I try to avoid the political stuff and just flip through see what's going on and then of course I throw the random bullshit meal or running thing up on Instagram but that's about it and of course the memes for Facebook (laughs) just to keep the page alive and people's eyes on it I'll Find some funny memes and try to throw them up a few times a week. But yeah, it's weird. I'm a runner. I like it. I'm only doing the 4K bike path by my place. And I'm finding now some days I can do the 4K, no breaks. Other times I kind of stop, slow down. So I don't know, but I'm doing it and I do feel better after it. So that's always, always a good thing. Um, Speaking of food and posts, (laughs) um, I officially got bored of eating the same bullshit every day. Pretty much chicken, rice, veggies, or some form of it has been my lunch for a long time. When I lost the weight, it was chicken and spinach and other vegetables. So it went from being eggs in the morning with an avocado for breakfast to with only peanuts or some kind of nut for a snack and then my lunch was a chicken salad and then I'd stop at 3 p.m every day then once I lost all the weight the lunch got upgraded that it was chicken with rice and some kind of vegetable and so now I'm bored of it for a while there I think I just got into the mind frame that food is fuel and I didn't care about like what's the term that people have for it like mouth pleasure and so I am officially bored of what I'm eating, so I'm mixing up my lunches, and so I went out and bought all the stuff that I need to make ramen, so that was kind of neat, so I bought like rice noodles, some different veggies, there's actually a specific chicken broth for it, Um, I hard-boiled some eggs, and so I've been tinkering with that lately, until I'm sick of that, and so, just, I don't know, I think I'm going to venture into a few more things that I can make for lunch. My kid's easy. He'll eat kid's stuff, whether it's pasta or a pizza or grilled cheese. Kids will eat whatever, as long as it's not some strange place from another culture that still looks at you back out of the bowl. (laughs) So yeah, I kind of, that or else maybe it's spread out of the fact that I've been pondering also a cooking channel for youtube once i learn all this youtube stuff and see if editing is worth my time to put into all this to put it out there i wouldn't mind doing some form of cooking show with all the recipes i've accumulated from my mother because that's one thing i jotted down before i turned this thing on is i am honestly curious how many people can cook now And I don't mean chef quality cooking, but how many people can sit down and make meals for themselves? And the basics, who can cook a chicken, who can make a roast, who can, like, what are some of the old staples, right? Like, who could make a meatloaf? Does anyone eat meatloaf anymore or is it a dead notion? It seems like I always heard that where I live is one of the kings of the amount per capita that eat out on a daily basis. I'm sure, I'm curious where that went during a pandemic but maybe more people order out or order delivery now than ever me personally I'm spending more time or more of my budget on the grocery store and making things for myself or my kid or whatever and so I'm just honestly curious who can cook really well for themselves and be able to make a good meal from the ground up and we have way better technology now too like I have a rice cooker I have a slow cooker I have all these other amenities like a slap chop and um a little mini food processor like back in the day you had to cut all this stuff up like it's not an amenity that your grandparents probably had but yet they probably made they probably put more time in the kitchen and they probably made more wholesome healthy meals at home and so Maybe that's the other thing I'll kind of talk out and wind up on here today is just I'm genuinely curious how many people now are good cooks. And I don't mean, yes, I can make KD or yes, I can add hot water to a noodle bowl. I want to I'm curious how many people fill their fridge every time they go out for groceries or even if they make that weekly trip like some families did and then make and craft different meals every day. I remember growing up, and I'm assuming more families were like this, you'd have a rotation. There was the grilled cheese and tomato, shoots, eh, tomato soup <laughs> day for lunch, and then one morning would be porridge or cream of wheat, one morning would be eggs, one morning would be toast, one would be waffles, one would be cereal, and you there was a rotation to it as a kid growing up. And then lunch was a rotation depending on certain things and whatever was going on. And then, of course, supper was then once again a different crafted thing. And I don't know if that art died with the family unit because now everyone's working. So when you come home, no one wants to spend 90 minutes in the kitchen cooking food for everyone else that was probably working just as long or maybe less than you in the day. So <clears throat> I'm curious if a people can cook as well or if they're going out of their way to make it their hobby. But those people usually dive into the pastry stuff. They don't or desserts. Like at work we have a dessert lady who bakes kind of cool stuff and then has a few for her and her friends and then divvies it out at work and is like, "Hey, here's these cool whatever that I made." I can see the pastry and the sweets creating being a hobby, but I just, I genuinely want to know how many people can cook and honestly cook every day and make well-crafted, thought-out, um, old-school, just food for themselves. I just, I don't see it. And we even have the ability to throw meat into something and then go to work and come back and it's not going to burn the house down. Like we all have slow cookers and now there's these even better pressure cookers that you can do these things in a half quarter, whatever the time. So the technology is bringing it along. I just want to know who's using it, who's making really good food or if we're just kind of like I did. When I lost the weight, I became Mr. Robot And I just ingested what I needed to to on a daily basis to a certain amount of calories and at the time to almost zero carbohydrates. And so, yeah, so that's the plan. YouTube cooking in the summer if I can learn how to edit better. But that project, there's so many things I want to do that would involve a guest. And so or a co-pilot kind of like the movie review thing I would like to have with a co-pilot that rotates or some someone with more movie authority than I am or someone that's just as pop culture um, driven as I am or at least as I was. I don't know pop culture for the last 15, 16 years. Like 2004 or 5, something turned off and I kind of stopped paying attention to everything. Even to this day, I have no idea what a WAP is. I've never listened to the song, so I don't even... Yeah, of all the, name the top 10 musical artists now. Probably wouldn't know a song from any of them. I don't go to work, so I don't hear the radio. At least I had a neighbor that would have the radio on, but then they'd have it on a retro station, so then I would just hear White Snake. So I have zero um, knowledge of anything pop culture at all. I know the first maybe eight seasons of The Simpsons to 10. What are they at, 30 years? (laughs) But yeah, and I don't know the last TV show that I kind of hammered through. Mandalorian, hands down. But other than that, I don't watch TV or I guess the Marvel shows. If they were good, I would make it through them. But I would argue that Jessica Jones and then the first season of Daredevil were kind of the only ones that really kept me coming back. Tonight, I have to test out because Disney Plus finally put WandaVision on. So that's the first big um, Marvel project that they're going to put on Disney Plus that's a serial show. So that'll be neat. Mandalorian, they hit it out of the park. That's easily the best Star Wars thing in 30 years or whenever Jedi came out. And it'll be interesting to see if they put the same touch into the Marvel TV shows. Because if it's just generic poorly written crap like the majority of stuff nowadays or at least that's how I see the majority of stuff these days then people might peter out I think the huge appeal of the Mandalorian is it had a very simple like spaghetti western vibe to it it's not complicated it had enough nostalgia yet good writing and it wasn't overwhelming it didn't feel like it had a narrative or an agenda in its storytelling it was just good and threw back things for the Star Wars fans and so we'll see how WandaVision goes I think there's a Falcon and Winter Soldier one coming as well I can't remember if Ant-Man has a TV thing or not with Paul Red. but exciting times if you're a nerd <laughs> they just the writing the writing needs to Pull up its pants, and there needs to be no agendas anymore, because it's making shit bad. (laughs) Oh, anywho, that's it. I'm gonna go back to YouTuber 101, learn how to make videos better, and then I'm gonna try and cook a little more often. I know how to do it. We all can. There's an infinity of recipes on the internet. Just grab it and learn. So yeah, that's it. That's all. Goodbye.